our third week of Thanksgiving. You're like, why are we doing Thanksgiving? Don't quit on me. We got one more Sunday about Thanksgiving. And, and so, so the Lord reminded me that, uh, you know, some of you are bitter and not thankful. And it's not your fault. Now, it's your fault if you maintain the bitterness. But God doesn't want us bitter. He said he wants us better. And so let's just address it right quick. People in your life can make you bitter. Maybe, maybe your parents were bitter, and you just grew up in a bitter household, and it made you bitter. Maybe your parents were mean to you, and it made you bitter. Maybe you had a bitter pastor before, and he, he made you bitter. Because some pastors are bitter. Man, they'd rather beat you over the head than, than preach the love of God to you. Jesus came to die for you. They want to clean you up before, and, and they're not the Holy Spirit. But that's where preachers get bitter is they don't see any change in people or nobody comes to the altar. They ain't about to, here's your altar. Now, I love this altar here. We need to come to the altar, but this is your altar every day. And this is where the altar takes place, whether you come down here or whether you're sitting in your seat. And, and so bitterness needs to leave out and let God make us better. And that's why we're talking about Thanksgiving. And so just an, another point that I want to put across is being thankful is in our Christian DNA. You know, if you, if you, if don't, I'm not going to recommend doing a history test. I know a lot of people got in trouble with that, found out they had a brother that they didn't know. But anyway, but, but, but what I'm saying is you have DNA as a Christian. Nine, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, gifts of the, the fruits of the Spirit. That's in your DNA. When the Holy Spirit came in your life, that's the DNA of the Holy Spirit. But also the DNA of the Holy Spirit is he's thankful. He's thankful. God's thankful. God's thankful for you. And if it's the will of God for us to be thankful, we need to just back up and check on that. Gratitude and being thankful, also being generous is in our DNA. For God so loved the world, it's in God's DNA. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If he gave, then we ought to be looking to give somewhere, excuse me. We ought to be looking to give. We ought to be givers of our love, our time. And, you know, as we sang that song, all I have is a hallelujah. Your words are powerful. Your words move God. That's why it's called prayer. Hello? And your words of worship move God. Father, I, I thank you. You know, last Sunday, you know, when you bow your head to bless the food at Thanksgiving, you're giving thanks. They had Thanksgiving came from they were giving thanks to be in a new country, being alive. Because it's, it's it was a struggle. And thank God, you know, we're blessed. But, but don't compare yourself to somebody else. You're sitting here breathing today, and you're not starving to death. You're blessed. And so, so we have to go at that, and so we're going to look in some of the scriptures that we're going to read today. They're really foundations for our life as a believer, okay? And I'll, I'll try to remind you of that as we, as we go through these. But, uh, but, you know, God wants you better and not bitter. Psalms 104, we've done this. Uh, this has been our foundation every uh, last three weeks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. And so praise, thanksgiving, they all mix together. We praise, we thank, we're thankful uh, for what God has done, who he is. And, and, you know, one of the focuses, there you go, focus, focus on him. One of the focus on this sermon today is that you keep your eyes on Jesus, and then you'll be thankful. And, and not going totally back to the first one, everything that robs our thankfulness, but there are things that we'll talk about today that if you're not thankful, You've got your eyes off Jesus. God, don't, don't make me come down there. That, my eyes ain't on Jesus, it's on him. You see? Uh, just little things can get you out of your focus, and you lose your peace, your joy, and your thankfulness, and your long-suffering, your kindness. Kindness, be ye kind. That's in your DNA. Man, that's a sermon to itself, isn't it? And so here's one of foundations for a Christian. First, Thess First Thessalonians 5.16. Y'all ready? Well, this is what we got to do. Okay. Rejoice always. 
joy, that's joy, rejoy, and rejoy, reload, a joy. Okay, y'all get it. Some of y'all don't. That's all right. 17, pray without ceasing. Always be talking to God. Father, I need your help today. I need, I need some understanding today. I need some wisdom today. I need to know what to do today. I, I need your help today. Every day, you're praying without ceasing. I don't care if you're shaking somebody's hand, smiling at them. Man, you look good today. Well, you're praying for them too. It hadn't got to be some wild act that you're, oh, let's pray. Hallelujah. Uh-uh. It's not religion. It's a lifestyle that you're walking with Jesus every day and that you've got him on your side. And then, uh, and then uh, let's see, in 18, it says, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. I've used that scripture just about every the last two Sundays too. It is the will of God for you to give thanks. Oh, what's the will of God for me? Give thanks. I know we ask only, we only ask God if I'm supposed to be a doctor. Lord, what's your will? Am I supposed to be a lawyer? Am I supposed to be an Indian chief? What am I supposed to be, Lord? Well, you're supposed to love. You're supposed to be full of joy, full of love, joy, full of peace, full of gentleness, kindness, meekness. You're supposed to be thankful. you got to have this foundation, and you're not going to make it, even if you're called to be a doctor, lawyer, or an Indian chief. You're going to be all over the place. <laughs> I can't even do the school. How am I supposed to be here? You can do the school, but we lose our focus and our thankfulness. We look at how hard something is, and well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not jumping out of an airplane either, but there are things that God's called you to do that you're supposed to do, and that's be kind is one of them. Be thankful, okay? These, these are foundations. I, I'd love to move us into the deep waters, but, y'all, there's some of us that need to get this first. We've got to be thankful. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus, and, and, and let's, 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 let's just keep going. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. What does that really mean? You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and when he tells you to love somebody, you know, I ain't doing that. You're quenching the spirit. When he tells you to be kind to somebody, and they, they, they don't deserve my kindness, you didn't either. See, when you get look at Jesus, you go, oh, Lord, forgive me. Uh, 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 I'm only here because of you. And so, so when we aren't kind and we aren't thankful, we're quenching the spirit. We, we look at quenching the Spirit as this big thing, and the Spirit of God. No, it's the simple things. The Bible says it's the small, uh, small foxes that spoil the grapes. The little bitty things that come in, and, oh, that's nothing. And, then, you know, it's nothing to get, I'm just, I'm mad, I'm mad. I, that's nothing. And then it turns into full-blown anger. And now you're chasing somebody with a hammer. Y'all never been chased with a hammer, have you? Y'all need my brother. You could grow up with him. But when he got saved, it changed totally and completely. Isn't that awesome? Going from anger, wanting to kill somebody because he's just blinded by anger. But when he got saved, he's the biggest teddy bear on the planet. Man, it's what God does. And so, so, so do not quench your, verse 20, do not despise prophetic utterances. What is that? You need to study out prophetic. Pro- prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's not some, woo. It's what I did to him. I said, God sees you as many stars are in the sky. He's, his thoughts are towards you. Man, that's good news. God's thinking about me. And God is big enough to, to keep all the stars in line and all the planets in line and still think about you. The Bible says you're the apple of his eye. But if Buddy's the apple of his eye, how can I be the apple of his eye? We're all the apple of his eye. He's, he's drawing us all closer to him. That's God. God's not finite like we are. Well, I can only love my wife and my kids and nobody else. No, no. You know, when I had my first kid, I thought, man. And the second one's on its way. I said, I don't know if I can love the second one like I do the first one. But the capacity to love overwhelms you. And you, you, you're able to love every last one of them, and you're able to love more people. Y'all quiet on me today. And so, so, so we need to be edifying people, and we need to look at it. Uh, verse 21, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. So what's coming down, what we see? Well, that don't look good. Not going to hold to that. If I hold to the bad, then I'm going to get sick. Now, I'm not talking uh, sick with a cold. I'm talking nervous, and I'm talking about, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And, boy, you can see the news out there today, and you can see uh, the stuff coming down the road. 
And then uh, verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. Oh, Lord, take this from me. No, he said quit doing it. Lord, help me. It was like this one guy came up to the preacher and said, pray for me that I don't have any bad thoughts. And the preacher went, man, if I could pray that for you, I'd pray that for me. (laughs) We all have bad thoughts come through our head. But it's the ones that we hang on to that gets us in trouble. We got to let them pass on by and then kick them on out. And then grab a hold of, nope, nope, that's not, that's not what the Word says. That's not what the Word says. The Word says that we're blessed coming in, going out. And I don't have any money, though. That's all right. Let that, pass, let that go. Your life's changing. You're going from bitter to better, right? So we're going to better. And so we have got to abstain from evil. That means that you have control. Won't God do something? He gave you the power. He gave you the Holy Spirit to help you. The Holy Spirit to help you have self-control. And he helps you. But we got to keep our focus. Because this world, the world's full of distractions, isn't it? The Bible says there are many voices. And they call you to come over here. And they're over here. But let's keep our let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number one, number one, rejoice always. And so rejoicing always means to choose joy. And so you can see I'm skinny. I don't have any. I do have some muscles. I wouldn't be able to stand up here. And joy is a muscle that you learn to flex. Okay? I got to flex some muscles just to pick up this thing right here. You flex that joy muscle. We talk about muscles just for a second, okay? There's another one I'm going to bring up. You have muscles in your body that you flex. When you stand up, they have to flex. You have to use those muscles to get up and to walk out of here. You have to use the muscle of joy. You have to use the, 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 to rejoice always, even when it's not going so good. Why, how can we do that? We keep our eyes on Jesus. Remember, that's our focus. And so, so, so guess what? Trouble comes to flatten you out. Trouble just comes. We're in a cursed earth. If you haven't noticed, God, 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 God's not in control. He gave it to man. And, you, you know, we're not going to go political or Hamas or it, but Hamas has millions of dollars, but they're not using it to help anybody. Hmm? That's man's in control of that. Even our government has billions of dollars. And some of the things they is the stupidest stuff that you've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not Democrat, Republican preaching today. I'm just talking about you see the examples all the time of man being in control. And so, so that's where we have to we have to watch ourselves and control. So uh, there's also so there's another muscle that you need to learn to flex, and that's integrity. Being steadfast, immovable. Being strong on the inner man, not letting anything flux. You know, I'm gonna have integrity. I'm gonna live by the word of God. I'm gonna love people. I'm gonna have integrity. I'm gonna rejoice no matter what hell happens. Whatever comes, you know, I'm going to re- learn to rejoice. I'm going to learn to be thankful. And I, I, nobody said it was going to be easy. That's why the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. We're going to hang on. And guess what? Everybody around, look around. There are people in here that you'll grab your hand and they'll walk with you. And I'm thankful for those people and I'm thankful for you. For you. So we need to pray for one another and lift one another up, especially when we find out somebody's going through something. We're going to stand by them. We're not going to kick them out because if I kick you out, i got to go too, right? So that, you know, we, we was talking to somebody before church. People, they've been biting people, and they're afraid to come because they've been kicked out or they've been beat up or, you know, things happen, and you know, it's not, that ought not be right. It's not right to kick people out because they're not perfect. Y'all straighten your halo up. Let's go to James 2. But let me stop before I go there. You always have opportunity to complain about something. Always. You know, Jesus had opportunity to complain. But we're not complainers, right? We're overcomers. 
if, if you complain about something, you're perpetuating the, the, the negative. Let me tell you about this. Man, this is just horrible, 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 horrible. Well, if you're going to tell, I can tell you the horrible things in my life, and I'm also going to tell you how God brought me out. See, God wants to take us out of the horrible, from the bitter to the better. And, and so, uh, James 1 and 2, Brother, count in all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's endurance. Faithfulness begins with consistency. Yeah, I've added those two right there. Endurance, faithfulness with consistency. Be, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, mature, complete, and lacking nothing. Wow. You know, last week I used the example, you know, when I was in high school, back when the wagons were crossing to the west, and we had a basketball goal on the back of it, but we practiced every day of the week. We practiced, it was our religion, I was a Christian, but I went to church, but it, and after church at 2 o'clock, we went to basketball practice. Now, we practiced, the, uh, at, at, after lunch, this was our school, after lunch, it was basketball. Two hours, you know, one, two, you know, three you're in there two and a half hours. That's basketball. And then you practice at night sometimes. That was our, we, when we were good, but here's the thing. We practice, we practice, we practice, but the game was the test. Okay, we play in this team, and we're going to have to do this and do this and do this, and we need to be ready for that. You're going to be tested in life. Count it all joy when you're tested. Oh, no, that's actually the, that's actually the fun time because God's with you. And God's got you. And what you go through and you conquer, now you're going to walk up and grab somebody else and say, come follow me. Let me show you what God did for me and God wants to do it for you. That's what we're called. That's what Jesus did. He, he, he brought deliverance to people and help to people. And so as we're looking for this, uh, did we read verse 4? Let patience have its perfect work that when you may be perfect, mature, complete, and lacking nothing. So, so as we're looking at rejoicing, and, and man, it's hard to rejoice when you're going through a struggle, but, but here's the thing, on the other side is where God wants to take you, and that's what you've got to be looking to the other side. Because, I mean, it can be overwhelming. You know, uh, when, when, when uh, my, my father passed away, my dad passed away, I was there, and I actually did the sermon. How, and they, I did the service. I did the whole service. How do you do that? Because I know where he was at. I have full confidence in what the word says. And I had talked to him and knew that he had given his life to God years ago and that he called me. We talked about the word all the time. I had no problem doing his funeral. I cried one time because I was so thankful to God that he set it up for me to be there. He set it up for me to drive 14 hours to be there the day before. And so you, 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 you live in the thankful part, and you know you're going through hard times, and it's not the end of the world because he just changed addresses, and I'm going there too. Amen? You know, we used to, in Louisiana, we used to say, well, it's just like they moved to Arkansas, but way better. And up here, I ran into a kid. He says, just like they moved to West Virginia, but way better. <laughs> not making fun of West Virginia or Arkansas. But, you know, they say about the Arkansas uh, that if you take your high school diploma and put it on the dash, you can park in any handicapped spot in Oklahoma, Missouri, <laughs> Louisiana, Texas. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke, everybody from Arkansas. It's a joke. Mm. So in the book of Nehemiah, th they had been under siege, and Nehemiah went back and built the temple, and they took the remnant of the people, and they took the Bible and read it. And as they begin to read it, they, the, the priests and, and everyone were explaining it. And, man, people began to weep because they hadn't heard the word like that. They would never had it, hadn't heard it for years. And they began to weep. And, and hours, I, I think it was five, six hours, they just explaining the word and reading the Bible to them that they'd never had. And the people were crying. And the, finally, the, somebody, the priest said, wait, this is a day to rejoice, not today to cry. So it's, let's go home and everybody eat and everybody celebrate. And if somebody doesn't have something, give it to them. And then in Nehemiah uh, 8, 10, it, it, at the end of the verse, it says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need to maintain the joy that God has given us. And that is, again, rejoice is to rejoice. And so the joy of the Lord is our strength. And even we're going through troubles and they were living in rubble. I mean, they had to, they rebuilt the wall, rebuilt the temple. Uh, it was a mess. It was hard work. But the joy of the Lord was their strength that was to, to, to uh, complete the job. Now, let me, let me go back to complaining just for a second. See, on the inside of you is the Holy Spirit. Remember I said don't grieve the Holy Spirit? Complaining is something that grieves the Holy Spirit. Complaining violates the conscience, the, your consciousness that points to God. When you get in that complaining mode, man, it violates the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And, and so we have got to get to the point that the rejoicing that we're commanded to do, uh, we're supposed to stay in joy. And that, I'm going to tell you, it's hard, isn't it? Because uh, negative stuff happens all the time and this and that and the other. I mean, I've been called into the office of my boss, and me and him had it out because he told me to do it. I did it that way. And generally, if I do it his way, it's wrong. He's up, but he said, I didn't tell you to do that. I said, oh, yes, you did. And I actually got in the car and drove off. He actually called me and said, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. But I just had to, I got to get out of here for a minute. I got to maintain my focus. You know, I got to walk away from this because I know this is what and so you, you're, you're going to have difference of opinion. And he loved me and I loved him. Even though he's my boss, we were brothers. And so we, we went round and round because, you know, we both, our heart was to take care of our customers and do what was right. And we were believers. We didn't have no cussing match. We're like, man, we were frustrated, both of us. You're going to have those times and moments. But that's not the end of the world. That's not the end of, the, it's not the end of friendships or end of life. You've got to be careful. I'm going to pick on the ladies for a moment. Ladies, y'all got to let some stuff go. That girl, that girl that cut all the hair off your Barbie when y'all six years old, you're still holding on to it. <laughs> Difference between boys and girls, I fought my best friend growing up three times, and we're still best friends. But girls ain't that way. No, I mean, <laughs> every two days, I'm like, come on now. Come on, God commands us to have joy. Joy comes from remembering and knowing who and what the Father, who the Father is and what the Father has done. That's where it comes from. It comes from, from knowing what the Father has done, joy. Joy is not happiness, but joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? So let's go to number two. And then once you write a fill in the blank on the side, I want you to write this too. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious is in the blank. And then to the side, be thankful for everything. Time to get thankful. Man, we are a fear and worry generation. Ashley is the one younger than me, so hey. But it's time to quit fear, have fear and worry. Worrying about worrying about what 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 about this or what about that? What about this? Or what if we have a car wreck? Well, you're gonna live and not die. What, what, what about this? You know, we have anxiety and fears about all kinds of things, and it's because we lose our focus. We're we have anxiety about health, important decisions, uncertain future, fear of failure. That's all the top of the list. A lot of times you won't do something because you're afraid you're going to fail. And what would he think if I failed? Well, it's no different than a, 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 if a toddler trips and falls, you'll say, well, you can never walk again. You're going to have to crawl. No, you grab them by the hand, you pick them up. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do is pick people up and help them because that's exactly what God does for us. And so we have got to get, get on, on, on top and, and, you know, not, not live in anxiety but learn to rejoice. And Philippians 4.4, 4, another foundational scripture for you as a believer. You want to circle that, go back and read it. Rejoice again, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I think the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote this, being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something. Rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Well, you know, and you know what, the first uh, Sunday in Thanksgiving, we did this Thanksgiving, a lot of us are Eeyore. Yeah, it's my birthday, but ain't nobody going to remember. You know, yeah, all the good stuff happens to them, and I never get anything. I'm a day late and a dollar short. If it's somebody going to get sick, it's going to be us. 
man, that's a bad confession. You're using your faith in the wrong direction. Because fear is the opposite of faith. Hmm? Peace, the opposite of peace is dis-ease. Huh? Not disease, dis-ease. You have no more ease. You're troubled. And so, so, so rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let, let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. Are you doing that? Are you letting your gentle spirit be made known? Or you think you're in a place where nobody knows you and you can throw a hissy fit? I've seen it. seen some of y'all. No, it, we all get into a place where we're tired, worn out, our eyes aren't on Jesus, and we throw a hissy fit. It's time to repent, and it's time to quit throwing hissy fits. Amen? Well, that's children do that. No, I've seen adults do it. I've seen 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds throw a hissy fit. They may, you don't have to say nothing, throw a hissy fit. That, I just did it. Anyway, I didn't mean to, I wasn't looking at anybody. Six, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with your thanksgiving. There it is again, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So if you learn to be anxious for nothing, it's a choice. Let me stop right there. I had somebody tell me it was a whole, I mean, it was like in the family group, and we're going through trouble, and, man, people are crying, and I'm not being moved because I'm picking, I'm putting my eyes. This is more than I can handle. I'm getting my eyes on Jesus. And they come up to me and say, you don't even care, do you? Because I'm not responding like them. I care probably more than anybody in the room, but I know how to respond. And my crying doesn't change anything. Matter of fact, if crying, if the Bible doesn't say that crying moves God. It says faith moves God. Because if, if, if crying moves God, the devil's going to have you crying all the time so he can control God. But the devil doesn't have anything to do with faith. He doesn't operate in faith. He operates with fear. He can't stand it when you operate in faith. He tries to bring fear into your life to slow your roll, to slow you down so you can't stand to get your eyes off, off of the prize of Jesus and, 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 and learn to live by faith. Anxiety comes and fear comes. But, but I want to show you, what does it say when we pray? It says, uh, but in everything in prayer, your prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In verse 7, this is what happens. And the peace of God that surpasses, come on, the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if you learn to pray and you learn to put your trust in God, the peace of God comes and covers you up. Isn't that good? Hmm? And so th these are things that we have to grab a hold of. It surpasses our comprehension, the peace that passes understanding. So, so we're set apart with prayer and thanksgiving. Who you are separated to is who you become like. You know, that there's an old saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you're friends with God, you've got a great future. So who you see, sanctification means to be separated or sanctified. You're separated, so who you separate to is who you become like. So, so we're going to rejoice, right? Rejoice. How do you do that? Use your mouth. Pray. Be thankful. It's all in these scriptures. And peace comes. Jimmy and Paul, come help me out here just for a second. I got my helpers coming up here. Y'all ready? Y'all need, need object lessons. Jimmy, come on up here. Yeah, right there, Mr. Right there, Mr. Paul. Thank you, thank you. Now, look, 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 look. If y'all stand still and y'all be right there, I'm going to have peace. I'm going to be happy, okay? Please don't move. Just stay right there just, just for a minute. And, and, you know, and then I'm going to have this peace. And I'm going to be able to rejoice. I'm going to have joy if y'all don't move, okay? Wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all are taking my peace and my joy away from me. 
But let me say, thank y'all. Let me show you. See my point? Joy and peace don't come from out here. It comes from in here. Nobody, not even your spouse, can bring you peace and joy. They make you happy for a moment when they cook that Thanksgiving dinner, huh? But, but wait a minute. We're not talking about happiness. We look to the world and we look to things going around us to make us happy. Listen to me. See, that peace that, that come around and covers us, that's from the Holy Spirit. And all trouble can be breaking loose out here. And, and your kids can be doing this and throwing bricks in the neighbor's window and all these things. And you're going to have peace. This is what God promises. But we can't look out over here. Over here's peace. Wait a minute. Over here's peace. After about 10 times, I'm going to be laid out and I don't have any peace. I can't even get up. The Revelation says when they cry peace, peace in Jerusalem. Peace doesn't come from out here. It comes from in here. See, that's what we started this whole series. We'll build up that inner man in Ephesians. Build up your inner man. This is where the Holy Spirit lives. This is where you're the new creation. When Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, it's right here. The belly of a man's a candle of the Lord. What the world calls it, a gut feeling or women's intuition, it's the Holy Spirit. Can not tell you what, hey, ha, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. I, I remember being 13. And we went to the basketball gym in the summertime, and we playing and hanging out, and it's like three or four of us. And here comes this boy driving up in a car, and it like, you know, it almost had block wheels. And it was, man, it was bouncy because it had no shocks. And, man, come on, get in the car. And on the inside of me is, no, don't get in that car. I think I hear my mama calling, y'all, I'm going to have to head out. Man, get in the car, get in the car. Man, they dogged me and peer pressured me, and I'm sitting in the middle of the back seat. And I knew it was going to happen. That's why I knew I didn't want to get in the car. We went right to the end of the neighborhood there and took a left. And just as soon as he got the car straightened out, the one of the boys said, to see what it'll do. I said, I knew this was going to happen. Thank God it was such a hoopty thing, man. It wouldn't even do 65 hardly. I said, I can survive a wreck at 65. Glory to God. I don't know about 120, but I think when I get back, I'll never get in this car. Lord, help me. Huh? You know, we make, we make poor decisions or let people talk us into making poor decisions and peer pressure us in life, and I'm talking to adults. Come on, you, you, we can't follow the crowd. We're following Jesus, amen? Mm. So, 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 um, my goodness. We have peace by continually putting everything in the Father's hands. When trouble comes, we've got to put it in, in God's hands, right? If you, I can tell if you got it or not, because it's been bugging you for 10 years, and you haven't let it go. Okay, I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. You, you, it, it ought not bother you more than two months. Now, I'm talking grief can come on you, but you, you can have, and Miss Shirley's the, the king of our counselors here. She'll say, you'll have a moment or two, but you can't let that the moment have you. My grandfather passed away, and I love my grandfather. Shoot, man. he taught. I mean, I want to be like him. I drive nails like him. I want to be a carpenter like him. Uh, I just, you know, whatever he did, and I, I got away. I was the first grandson he had. I, I wrecked his cars. I tore pans off of him. I run a lawnmower into him. I mean, I mean, he, well, he put me on the lawnmower. I'm seven years old. I can't stop that big, massive Ferguson, and I ran into the side. It looked like another car hit it. I said, I'm just going to get beat. He didn't beat me because I was number one. But when he passed away, I grieved him for a long time. And I was driving down the road, and I can tell you where it was at. And the Holy Spirit said, you got to let him go. He's in heaven. I said, okay, yes, sir. Because I would think about him or I'd hear a song, and I'd be in the cry. And it's been a year. Come on, my, my, I mean, it was trying to overtake my life and stop me from living my life. Living in the past or living for what I had in him. And, and even though he had, you know, he had Alzheimer's uh, when, he, when he was older and stuff. And uh, uh, short-term memory gone. Didn't know who I was. But boy, I had some conversations with him. And, uh, you know, he was trying to remember who I was. And he still is very good at dominoes and even cheats. So, 
So, so, so, so let's, let's read 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. And this is another foundation of Scripture to keep you thankful. And so it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Come on, are you humble? You're okay. And he may exalt you. If you're trying to exalt yourself, come on, you're going to get in trouble. Let God exalt you. Let God see. You know what? Show out. Say, God, today, Monday at work, I'm working for you today. I'm not working for this company. I'm not working for I'm working for you today. So, Father, bless what I, what I put my hand to. Help me to be a better employee because I'm working for you. Come on. Our eyes are on Jesus. We do everything unto the Lord. And so there, humble yourself. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Have you done that? Is there something that you're holding on to that you have not cast? Come on, put it in his hands and quit going back and, oh, we go back and we look at it and, and nothing's happening. I don't know what God, oh, let me take that back. Lord, oh, this is trouble. I don't know what we're going to do about this. I don't know what we're going to do. You can, if you could have done something about it, you would already have done something. I'm going to use it. If you could have fixed it, you would have fixed it by now. But there are certain things you cannot fix. You, you can't change your mama. You can't change your, your kids. You raise them. But, boy, howdy, you think they're rough when they're teenagers. Wait till they get 35 and start making some decisions. You know, it's, it's, as a parent, you love your kids their whole life, their whole life. And so, so casting your care on for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, uh, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast, in verse 9, in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother by your brotherhood in the world. Come on, we have an enemy. We started off with that too. John 10 10. Jesus said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Man, don't get your doctrine from the Old Testament. Get your doctrine from Jesus. They could he could have had them stone that woman that was caught in adultery, but he did not. He could have sent Peter to hell for chopping off the soldier's ear, but he did not. Peter denied him three times. He did not reject him. He told him it was coming. Oh, that made it even worse when he did it. But man, it changed Peter's life because God delivered him. God helped him in his trouble. And so let's be thankful and keep our eyes on Jesus. Know we got an enemy. That, that's the enemy. It's not God. God's for you. Let's go to number three. And everything give thanks. Everything give thanks. I wrote out beside my notes, what? <laughs> How can I give thanks in the midst of this? We've all been there. Give thanks for trouble. Somebody said God won't give you more than you can handle. God won't give you more than he can handle. When stuff comes that you can't handle, now you're in deep water. See, when you can handle it, you're not trusting God. I'm going to take care of this. I'll take care of that. I'll take care of this. But when you can't handle it, that's where you need God, and that's when he will show up. And he'll show out for you. That's where trusting really, the rubber hits the road, when you really trust God and when things are out of your control. I can't control what's going on in Israel or with Hamas or Boko Haram in Africa, or what's happening between Russia and the Ukraine. But I can pray, and I can cast my cares over on the Lord, and I can cast that care, and what's going to happen? What about our future? Lord, help us, show us, speak to us. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to trust you with all of my kids, all these kids, my grandkids, my kids, your kids. I pray over your kids. So, so, so there's nothing God can't handle. The point is, is we've got to learn to put it in his hands and, and to learn to rely on him. And then when we're in that place, then we can have joy. We can rejoice. Uh, we can give thanks because we know God's going to take care of it. God's going to help us. A thankful heart keeps God in his right place. Amen. When you're thankful to God, he gonna, you're going to keep him right there in the right place. Because we're always relying on him. 
a thankful heart remembers that the presence of God's on the inside of me. Wherever I go, God goes with me. I don't care if I'm digging a ditch. I don't care where I'm working. God is with me. And, and, and it's a lot of times we, we go through our Christian life and, and we put God in the back seat or we put him off somewhere else and we go and work and, and this and that and the other. I mean, uh, I, I worked oil field at 19 and, man, they cuss like sailors, as they say. And, and you know, you, you get out of place when you start chasing something other than God. You have to learn to follow him and, and not, not money. See, I, I was chasing money when I was 19 and working the oil field in the summer, making jack. But I was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. You got to learn to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. And God will put you in the right place with the right people, and then God will exalt you and God will move you up because there'll be people that will see you and will help you. Are there somebody, is there somebody that God keeps uh, just putting on your heart that you're supposed to help? Maybe give some wisdom to? Maybe to sit down and pour into them? Huh? Teenagers? There's somebody in your class that really looks up to you and likes you and and, and they, they need your advice. They need somebody to hang out with them. Just be nice to them. Be ye kind to one another. <laughs> My daughter uh, had a boyfriend in high school, and, and, and his best friend, the dude has had a comp. He's a big old boy, football player, and he literally tattooed in green in big giant letters that this big across his back across his shoulders said Shrek. That's what he thought of himself. And, and my daughter, Emily, was nice to him and, and give, you know, got along. And, and, and uh, they were sitting at uh, a table, like a fold-out six-foot table at, at uh, lunch one time. And because she was nice to him, he said, if I just ever had a girlfriend like you, I, I, I don't know. And somebody made a smart remark to my daughter, and he went over the table. And just about to be, you know, they, they got him off of him, but he went over the table just because she was nice to him. He became her protector. I'm saying when you're nice to people, good things are going to happen to you. Good things come because you're nice. Now, there's some people that God will have you to avoid, but there are some that he'll send you to to be nice to them, to speak into their life. Hmm? Think about it. And there are some people that you're not supposed to say nothing to. You're supposed to be there. I've told the story. I was like 23 or so, and I was just really getting into the Word. And I work. I come in from work. I'm there by myself. My wife hadn't come home yet. And this man, he's in his 70s, and he comes up to me, and I'm just a 20-something-year-old punk. And he starts telling me that he's dying of cancer. And he starts telling me, his, his, you know, he's just sharing his heart with me. And I'm sitting on the steps, and I'm wanting to cry, and I'm wanting to say something. But I know the inside of me, there's nothing I can say. He wanted to pour out his heart to somebody. Hmm? Maybe you need to be the ears to somebody. Come on. Show them the love of God. And you don't have to say, ah, well, let me give you the answer. Let me give you the answer. No, don't just shh. Love them. Hmm? Be there. I'm getting off. Let me get back on. I'm going to steal. It's truth. We got to, we got to focus on, on, on. We have to trust God, and it helps other people trust God. When your kids see you trust God, they're going to learn to trust God. When they see you go, ah, they're going to say, okay, that's how I'm supposed to respond when I fail a test at school. Get up off the floor, quit slobbering, come on, you know. Our biggest challenges, and nobody wants to hear this, but our biggest challenges are our greatest opportunities to grow. Our greatest opportunities to grow. Uh, you know, the football playoffs are taking off here in high school and stuff, and, man, they're, they're sweating, nervous, and we're going to win. How are we going to play? How are we going to do? Uh, but you know what? It's an opportunity to win and to grow, to win and go to the next level. Life is the same way. Come on, people get stuck because they've had a failure or somebody was bitter to them, and they don't move forward in life because they're hung up what happened those years back, and, and they haven't got the victory over it. Man, we're such a victim society. 
please don't be a victim of nothing. God, Jesus died for you to be free. Jesus died for you not to be a victim, but for you to be an overcomer, to overcome whatever happened to you. And I know there's some horrible things that have happened to all of us, and, and, and we need to learn to overcome that and conquer it and not let it stop us and live in a shell. Come on, we got we to gotta move forward. And, we gotta, and the hardest thing to do is to learn to trust people when you've been burnt. Hmm? From preachers to bosses to whatever. I don't know if you can trust a boss. Come on. We got to trust God. Because, hey, you, it's trusting God, not me. And it's trusting not your boss. You're working for Jesus. And we're going to trust God to exalt you. Man, I have, have you ever been, been at a restaurant and the waitress was a waiter or waitress was so good, you think, I'd hire them. If I had a position, I'd hire them. Can they say that about you at your job? I know I'm not trying to step on toe, but I'm trying to encourage you to live your life, every area for God, and you'll see things change. It's all in the Bible. Abraham lived for God, and God exalted him. He became a corporation. His son, in a famine, increased a hundred times. Look at that. A hundredfold, the Bible says. So we have got to learn uh, to do what, you know, to put him first and always rely on him be thankful. All right, 2 second, second Timothy 2.10, and, and we're going to land this plane just for a little bit. We're circling the airport. You ever been on an airplane where you circle? Paul's talking. Paul said, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. He's lost his mind, hadn't he? Look, it says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, and reproaches and needs and persecution and distresses, uh, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, how if you're weak, how are you strong? Because he learned to put Jesus first and that Jesus makes him stronger. And where I am weak, he is strong. And, and so we don't have time. It's a whole other sermon. But you don't remember, you ever had a, ever, ever somebody preach to you about uh, that that. The Holy Spirit told Paul, my grace is sufficient. Jesus came to him, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Go back and read that. If you don't know what his infirmity was, you go back and read the Bible. Now, people will tell you he had poor eyesight. They had some kind of sickness. He had some kind of, no. The Scripture specifically says that there was a demonic spirit sent to buffet him. What is that about? That I may be exalted. He would have went all over the world preaching the gospel with no hindrance. But because there was a spirit sent to him, man, people got mad. Everywhere we, he was stoned, he was whipped three times, shipwrecked three times uh, in the water day and the night. Uh, we're not talking about just like a, a whip. We're talking about left scars. He was stoned. And, you know, you must have faked it because, you know, they, they quit stoning you when you die. You know, you don't fake it because they get a big rock when you're knocked out and they crush your skull with it. And then they walk away and the disciples gathered around him and God raised him up. He's been persecuted everywhere he goes. Come on, you need to recognize you got an enemy that, don't, that wants to stop you. And he'll do things that just... And you're like, well, that happened last week. That happened last week before. It's the devil trying to slow you down. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about spiritual warfare because there may be a, the devil may show up. Well, there's a devil behind every bush, Pastor. You believe that? Yeah, but there's two angels back there. Got him in a headlock. God's fighting for us, and the enemy's trying to slow us down. But we also have a part to play. We got to rejoice. Hey, trouble comes. God's got us. God's got us. God's got us. God's got me. You need to learn to say that. Can you say that? God's got me. In James 1.12, blessed is the man who endures in temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Quit blaming God. 
He started off by saying, resist the devil. We started off by saying, mm-mm, mm-mm, we have to abstain from evil. So, you know, this is not a shouting sermon, but this is one that we got to have our found. We got to have our feet on the ground. Days are coming. Days ahead. We're going to walk with God. Oh, that looks bad, but I don't care. I'm looking at Jesus. God's got me. What if you die? I'm going to heaven. What, what, if, what if you die? See, some of y'all are facing some heavy stuff. You have got to trust God. I'm putting this in your hands, Lord. And then you need to find some, some promises to speak to it. The devil came to Jesus and said, oh, if you be the son of God, uh, turn that rock into bread. And Jesus answered and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Are you living by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Time to get there. Let's bow our heads. Thankfulness helps us focus on God. Come on, if you've been struggling, it's time to get thankful. It's time to focus on him. It's time to to give your life to him totally and completely. Before I go any further, let me ask, if you're in here and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you need to do that. You've never accepted him. I'm not asking coming back to him. You've never prayed and accepted Jesus before. Will you just lift your hand and say, pray with me, Pastor Brett? I want to accept Jesus for the first time in my life. Let me give you a moment. Now I want you to check your heart. Maybe you're here today and you just haven't been living for God. Come on, the altar's in your heart. The altar's in you. You need to come back to him. Come on, today, make that commitment to him. Give your heart to him. Totally and completely. I see your hand. Anybody else, you want to go ahead and lift your hand and say, you know what, I need to give my life totally and completely. How do you know you need to give your life to him? This is the sermon that tells you whether you're thankful or not. There's still things that you're holding on to. The way your lifestyle you're living. You've got to give it up to him. Would you lift your hand if that's you? Let's pray. Say this with me. Say, Father, come on, remember the altar's in your heart. Say, Father, today I give you my life. Fresh and new. Renew a right spirit within me. Thank you for helping me to overcome. Thank you for giving me grace for the times I've missed it. But you want to make me better. So thank you for grace to make me better, make me stronger. I give you my life in Jesus' name.